0: Hello and welcome to Penalty on the Podcaster, the weekly NFL predicting podcast this week predicting week 9 of the 2023 NFL season, the official halfway point. As I've said before, this season is passing us by way too quickly, I don't want the off season to come because then I'm bored, and it's really annoying that the season is only like 6 months or something like that, and... And then it's just six months of boredom and mediocre uh, football from random leagues. And, and then we have more months of boredom. And, you know, I propose that the NFL should create, like, a new, like, spring and summer division with, like, different teams in different cities just so I don't get bored because I'm just that important. But my um, honest thoughts aside, uh, I have... A week of games to predict, and so yeah. So the way this works, I'm gonna look at last week's slated games, talk about each game, look at this upcoming weeks slated games, talk about each game, give predictions for score outcome, um, and like player performances. And this is not gambling advice. I am not responsible for any money that was lost gambling on things in this podcast. This podcast currently has no sponsors. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, uh. My email is in the description if you'd like to contact me for whatever reason in the world. My email is in the description. And also this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, RSS Community, and Google Podcasts. The links to all those are in the description. And YouTube and RSS Community are recommended because that's where you can view the transcripts. Alright, without further ado, let's get into it. So, now the Jets beat the Giants 13-10. to 10. That was ugly for the Jets. I mean... For the Giants to put up ten points, the Giants had two passers combined for six completions and seven yards. They had seven yards passing, and they couldn't even beat the their total passing offense couldn't beat the total of their lowest rusher, uh, who was Tommy DeVito. Four rushes, 12 yards, and a touchdown. Tommy DeVito was also their lowest passer. He uh, was 2 for 7 for a total of negative 1 yards. Terod Taylor was 4 of 7 and for 8 yards. Um, Yeah, this offense was pretty bad. Saquon Barkley, 128 yards on 36 carries. It's okay. And, yeah, Terod Taylor, 5 carries. 33 yards was also pretty good. But this was just such a bad game. Their leading the leading receivers for the the Giants were Darren Waller and Matt Breida, each having a single four yard reception. Saquon Barkley had three receptions for a total of zero yards. And Darius Lathan had one reception for a one yard loss. Although their Divans did okay. Kayvon Thibodeau getting three sacks and Dexter Lawrence getting a sack both of these are completely as expected and this was just a game that the Jets should have dominated but this was just sad and and Graham Gano missed two field goals taking this to overtime is just completely sad for the Jets, Zach Wilson did decently. I mean, he didn't throw the game for them for once. 17-36, not great, but 240 yards and a touchdown. Can't really argue with that. He was also their leading rusher. Four carries, 25 yards. Walburys had an abysmal game. 12 carries, 17 yards, 1.4-yard average. He got outrushed by Zach Wilson. And... And his average was much worse than Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson had a 100-yard game on only seven receptions, while Brees Hall was great in passing, or receiving his great in the passing game, six receptions, 76 yards, and touchdown. And this is just defensively a mess for the Jets. C.J. Mosley had half a sack. And Jermaine Johnson had two sacks. Quentin Jefferson had half a sack. Bryce Huff had a sack. So it's three sacks. But, like, really, that's just a defensive mess for the Jets. They also lost two fumbles. Yeah, it was just such... A mess for the Jets to lose, like to almost lose, go to overtime. Two missed field goals by the Giants, seven total passing yards. It's not a team you want to go to overtime with. This reflects very poorly on the Jets. It and it definitely casts their future in more doubt. Giants two and six are all but eliminated from playoff contention. No one thinks they're going to be good anymore. Last season was absolutely a fluke. And Daniel Jones wasn't even good when he was here. And uh, his backups might be even worse. But I think what what's kind of painful is the play calling. You have 14 called pass attempts. And, yeah, that wasn't great. They completed, like, six of those. But still, to only call 14 pass attempts... You know, maybe something could have gone different. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe something could have gone different if they'd called more pass attempts. Yeah. This is this is a sadder win for the Jets than it is a loss for the Giants. Alright, Jacksonville Jaguars 20. Pittsburgh Steelers 10. Jacksonville moves on to six and two. Steelers dropped to 4-3, and three, should be 3-4. and four. Yeah, I'm a salty Rams fan. Um, yeah, that quarterback sneak didn't make it. But that's in the past, and it's a higher pick for the Rams, who have their first rounder for the first time in, uh, since 2016 when they uh, when they got the number one pick in a trade with Tennessee for uh, Jared Goff, who's now doing well on the lines while Matthew Stafford uh, is injured now. Yay, but but the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, can't forget the Super Bowl. Every year that passes is pain. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the 24-32, very good, 292 yards, very good, touchdown, okay, an interception. Like, what can you do? It's okay. Um, for the Steelers, their leading passer was, ba ba Mitch Trubisky. Um, he went 15 of 27, 138 yards, touched on two picks. Like, what do you expect from Mitch Trubisky? That's a normal game from that guy, but it's not a normal. It- but it's a bad game, but by signing Mitch Trubisky, you're kind of asking for this exact type of game. So, Steelers got what they paid for, I guess. Travis Etienne Jr., 24 carries, 79 yards. Jalen Warren, 5 carries, 19 yards. Evan Ingram had 10 receptions, 88 yards. And DeAndre Johnson had 8 receptions, 85 yards. Trevor Lawrence also had a single 10-yard touchdown rush. Then Travis Etienne Jr., well, not no, sorry. Trevor Lawrence did not have a touchdown rush. I don't know what I said. He had a single 10-yard rush. Travis Etienne Jr., a touchdown on three receptions, 70 yards. And then Andrew Wingard getting an interception. Trayvon Walker getting a sack. Uh, Other Josh Allen getting a sack. And Antonio Johnson having an interception. And then Brandon McManus... 12 points, four for four on field goals. And for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett was 10 of 16 for 73 yards. Uh, Did not throw a touchdown, but he also didn't throw an interception. And then George Pickens had the long touchdown catch for the Steelers. It was 22 yards, and that was his only catch of the day. Also, Najee Harris only had seven carries for 13 yards. He is not doing great this season. Demonte Kaizi had an interception, also five tackles, while Keanu Neal had seven tackles. Pretty good game. Landon Roberts had a sack and a half, and Alex Smith had half a sack. And then TJ Watt had half a sack. Kind of surprising that he didn't have seven of those. Armon Watts had half a sack. And I mean, it's another win for the Jaguars against the start defense. They're six and two. They stand to win their division. They they likely will win their division and advance to the playoffs. If if they can win the playoffs, I I don't know. But when but in the really late season, not the mid season, I think we'll see a lot of who a lot of it fleshed out. Who's gonna win the playoffs, who's not. There we go. Someone who I think already is going to win in the playoffs. Seven one Philadelphia Eagles, beating the Commanders. Thirty eight thirty one. Commanders are a bit more competitive. As you know, the Commanders uh beat the Eagles, ended their nine-win streak last season. And, you know, it was the only loss in the regular season for Jalen Hurts. The two other losses, he was injured. And, yeah, that Super Bowl is definitely contested. So, there's that. And, also, that loss last season was absolutely... (laughs) Contested. There were so many bad calls, like Dallas Goddard on a fumble got his face mask pulled. It did injure him and it did not get called, so you'll see. Jalen Hurts was 29 38, 319 yards, four touchdowns because he's one of the best players in the league. Sam Howell was 39 of 52, 397 yards. Four touchdowns and an interception. Sky was three yards away from a 400-yard game. He had four touchdowns and only one interception. On the touchdown-interception part, he was outplayed by Hurts, and you know that's kind of the one that matters, really, but a great game from both quarterbacks, definitely. And then DeAndre Swift had 16 carries for 57 yards and touchdown. Rob Brown Robinson Jr. had 10 carries for 59 yards. Jahan Dotson had 108 yards and touchdown on eight catches, and A.J. Brown had eight receptions and 130 yards, catching half of Jalen Hurts' touchdowns. Also, Kenneth Gainwell had two rushes for negative four yards. And then Devontae Smith had seven catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown, almost a 100-yard game for him. And then Julio Jones, I think this is his first ever touchdown as an eagle. As an eagle, one catch, eight yards touchdown. And then Reed Blankenship getting the lone pick uh, of the game against Howell. Blankenship is a solid safety, in my opinion. He, and he really kind of broke out mid season last year. And so... I, I think he can definitely develop into something really good. And then Hassan Raddock had a sack, what's new? And then for the commanders, Jimison Crowder had seven catches, ninety five yards and touchdown. Terry McLaurin, five catches, sixty three yards and touchdown. Logan Thomas, six catches, forty four yards and touchdown. I think re- really uh, Howell's doing well. Four touchdowns, all to different receivers. He's not like leaning on one right now, and it's kind of good to see. Montez Sweat had a sack. A Casey Tuil had a sack, and Chase Young had one tackle in his last game as a Commander, at least for the foreseeable future until. The 49ers decide that Nick Buss is actually better than him, and they actually don't need him that much because he's going to ask for a contract. I'm not saying that's going to happen. The 49ers will probably retain him for a long time, hopefully, uh, not that long. Again, I'm a Rams fan. I want the 49ers to fail so bad. Oh, I doubt it's going to happen. Speaking about the Rams, 20-43 to 43 against the Cowboys. Yippee! Uh, that, I think, was a scoregami. if you don't know what that is, that is when a new score is created, there's probably someone with way too much time on their hands who found out how many possible scores in the NFL game. Well, actually, that's impossible to tell, but, like, plausibly, there are only a few. Uh, there there have been over a thousand unique scores in NFL games, and this is one of them, I think. Um, not a lot of high points. Matthew Stafford was 13-22, got injured, 162 yards, one touchdown, and a pick six to Daron Bland. That wasn't fun to watch, and neither was Dak Prescott's four touchdowns, 304 yards, 25 of 31. He also had an interception. Uh, not that it really mattered. Royce Freeman, nine carries, 44 yards and a touchdown. And then for receiving, <laughs> Darrell Henderson was the leading receiver with 54 yards and three catches. Tony Pollard led the Cowboys 12 carries, 53 yards. C.D. Lamb had 12 receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns. There were also some, like, stupid missed fouls early game. Like, not that it mattered. It would probably be, like, 27 to 43 or something like that. But I watched it happen, it, so I'm mad about it. Brett Rippin also threw 10 passes, completing 5 of them for 42 yards. Yeah, that wasn't a very fun game. I I didn't like that one at all. Also, Puga Nakua was helped to 3 catches for 43 yards. Cooper Cup only 4 catches, 21 yards. And then Ben Skoranek had 1 catch, 20 yards, and touchdown. I might be wrong, but I think this is his first receiving touchdown ever i mean he's a big guy i'm sure his route running is fine but his hands are made of stone and he had several options se- several like opportunities in his rookie season 2021 especially in the nfc championship against the 49ers on wide open throws to catch it but his hands are as i said carved out of stone and i he's just set so much of a better fullback for kyron williams like i don't think he has been a fullback for kyron williams but when, Williams comes back. Skronic should be a fullback for him. I mean, yay, touchdown. He's not. He's still not good, in my opinion, as a receiver, but he was a great fullback, and I think he can make the Pro Bowl as a fullback if everything continues. Also, the Rams had, like, three sacks out of the gate. Would have been four, except for little little um, illegal contact foul. Like, the way the rules are written as like sure it's a foul like really it didn't affect cd lamb at all but i mean i guess you gotta call it. but in that case you gotta call the like holding on of cooper cup on the very next drive so that was very obvious um you know i'm fine with that if you give the rams their sack back I mean I mean the result stays the same except they might not even have scored on their opening drive momentum blah blah. It doesn't it doesn't matter that much. It wouldn't have changed the game in my opinion. Maybe Dallas would have scored like seven points less, momentum and all that and oh yeah. The third down sack. But yeah. The Rams front seven, though, was pretty good. Also, Jerome Fuller had a pick. Aaron Donald had two sacks. Yay! The king of defensive tackles. In my opinion, the best defensive tackle the league has ever seen. He has 107.5 career sacks, by the way. Like, this rivals edge rushers. And this guy plays on the inside, which is a harder position than on the outside. So those 107 tackles are so much more. We saw him get a few snaps at defensive end a few games ago, and he was an absolute dominant force there. So if he was always playing on the edge, that he would have had a sack every two plays. But he's still chasing the record for defensive tackles. Held by John Randall, undrafted legend. But Randall also played so many more games and seasons than Donald. I think if Donald played the same number of games, he would absolutely have the record. He also has the record for most... For fewest games to get to 100 sacks. He is definitely the best defensive tackle ever. Like, he has... Like... He had fewer games to get to 100 sacks than Lawrence Taylor, than Derek Thomas, than JJ Watt, than all of these extremely dominant edge rushers who were playing outside, and this guy playing inside fewer games to 100 sacks. Goat defensive tackle. Yeah, argue with me. I think he's the second best defensive lineman of the modern era, that's post-1982, because sacks were only tracked as an official stat after 1982, if you want my pick for the best defensive tackle of all time, that would have to go to Deacon Jones, look it up, he had like three unofficial uh, 20-sack seasons, and like unofficially over 100 sacks, but like officially has zero sacks, because he played I think his entire career before 1982, so... You know, that's something to keep in mind. But of the modern era, he's the second-best defensive lineman, in my opinion, right behind Reggie White. I think he's better than Bruce Smith. You know, the Fierce Games 200 sacks thing, and also the inside versus outside of Bruce Smith. I definitely think Aaron Donald is a bit better than Bruce Smith. Feel free to argue with me. I like arguing... And I get kind of bored some days, so I really want to argue this with someone. So if you think Bruce Smith is better, uh, email me, and then I'll argue with you. It's a bit of a hobby of mine, so, yeah, I think it would be fun. Also, Michael Hoyt got a sack. He's been, you know, good recently. I think that's his third sack in the last two games. Yeah, he's been very good. This front seven has been dominant. It was dominant you know, in the beginning of the game, and then at the end of the game, he wasn't very good, but, you know, it's still a front seven that could destroy a weaker team. Also, the new kicker, who's the third straight Rams kicker, I think, to our number eight, Why? I mean, that's a Brett Maher number. You don't want to be wearing that, especially after Brett Maher's performance. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. This is a mistake, but it's Lucas Haversick. I think he was two for two better than Brett Maher. I think Matt Gay wore it, then Brett Maher, then this guy. We'll see how he does. Let's hope he is more like Matt Gay and less like Brett Maher who just got released from the last NFL team he will likely ever play for because he has proven that he can't ever be good again. The Rams gave him another chance after his abysmal failure in the Cowboys' playoff run, and they regretted that shortly after. The only reason they signed him is because they realized they messed up with rookie Tanner Brown, who sucked in preseason. I think he was undrafted though, so it's not like we wasted a pick on him. Ethan Evans is a really good rookie on special teams. He's like, he's a super strong punter, and he's just very good at it. He had like four punts, 45.8 yard average, I think, and one inside the 20. So he's been phenomenal. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, the rest of this Rams team has not been phenomenal, and it makes me sad. I still think the Rams are pretty good in this, and I mean, their failure right now is one of those things where it's like, they're not trying that hard, like, I mean, they're trying, of course, and they still, like, kind of feel bad when they lose, but they're not like, yeah, this is it, we're... We're winning the Super Bowl or going home. No, we. it's it's more of a like, we'll take wins if we get them. We'll take losses if we get them and turn those into good picks to rebuild to make a deep stab at it in a few years. I really want to make an episode on this because at school, I people are always being so annoying about how the Rams suck and they'll never win another Super Bowl. Just those people are idiots and they don't understand the Rams strategy. It's a little strong to call them idiots, but they're not, like, that deep football fans as I am, but I think no one really is. Except for just a few people. But they just don't get it. They don't get the Rams' strategy, so I really want to make an episode on that. Probably coming tomorrow. And, yeah. So, I'm probably going to have to speed these reviews up because it's taken 25 minutes to do just a few games. So I'll just do a few recaps. Minnesota Vikings 24, Green Bay Packers 10, Jordan Love 24-41, 229 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Kirk Cousins 23 of 31, 274 yards, two touchdowns, got injured, and will be replaced by Joshua Dobbs, who got traded at the deadline. Jordan hall in from towards the end of the game, went 3 of 4 for 23 yards. And then Alexander Madison led the team in rushing. Six carries, 31 yards. 16 carries, 31 yards. 1.9-yard average not good. Cam Akers, 9 carries, 19 yards. And a touchdown. Uh, K.J. Osborne, 8 catches, 99 yards. And 12.4-yard average. T.J. Hawkinson, 6 catches, 88 yards. And touchdown. And I have him on my fantasy team. And despite his performance and performance of many players I've already talked about and will talk about, I still lost by like two and a half points. I'm kind of mad about that. Jordan Addison, seven of eighty, seven, seven catches, eighty two yards, one touchdown. Man, if, if you played fantasy, you know the close ones hurt, hurt more than the blowouts. Sucks. To look to lose by two and a half points, a totally winnable game. Also, Josh Medalis had an interception. Harrison Phillips had to have a sack. Joe Hunter had a sack. TJ Wanham DJ Wanam had two sacks. Um, and then for the Packers. Romeo Dobbs four catches, eighteen yards touchdown, and then Preston Smith had two sacks. Kenny Clark had two sacks, and hey, I thought I was gonna go quicker than that, and I need to be the Falcons lost to the Titans and Levi this his first ever game. This one was amazing in incredible debut, nineteen of twenty nine 238 yards, four touchdowns. And this guy fell to the second round and Bryce Young was taken number one overall. This guy, it should have been Stroud, then probably Richardson. I think Richardson's a little better even though he's injured right now. Stroud, uh, Richardson, Levis. This guy, you know, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to start another game in his career. The, The guy's, you know, old and he's just, not as good as this. Will Levis four touchdowns. Uh he had like without those four touchdowns, like those were the only touchdowns of the game for the Titans in a five-point game. That's just a great start from Levis. I'm really excited to see him moving forward. He's really going to do well. And man, that it's just, isn't it fun when he, there, there's this, like, young guy, fell a, a little in the draft, and then he comes out, just absolutely dominates? I think it is. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 12 of 21, 175 yards, a touchdown. Meh. He, he's okay sometimes. He's bad other times, and he's a little good maybe sometimes. Bijan Robinson, 11 carry, 62 yards, a touchdown. Another pretty good rookie. <laughs> yeah, that's just... And then, a Nick Westbrook-Akina, one catch was a 33-yard touchdown. Yeah, Will Levis has just been doing really well. And I think after the utter disappointment of the Malik Willis last season where he absolutely sucked... I think it's good to have them draft a rookie a bit high, but still for a good pick because he fell. And then him just dominate. I think it's something that Titans fans really want to see, and especially after the uh, Malik Willis problem because he just wasn't good. And then, okay, Patriots, 17, Dolphins, 31. Dolphins moved to 6-2. Mac Jones, 19-29, 161 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Tua, 30-45, of 20, 45, uh, 324 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Ray Mostert, 13 carries, 46 yards, one touchdown. Jim Waddle, seven receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown. And Madre Stevenson, 10 carries. 39 yards, Kendrick Bourne, three catches, 36 yards and touchdown. And then Gigi Smith Schuster, one catch, three yard touchdown. And then Kyle Duggar had a sack and a pick. He was pretty good apparently. Also led the team in tackles for this game. Also, Tyree Kill, eight catches, 112 yards, one touchdown. And then Cedric Olsen Jr., one catch was a touchdown from the one. The Patriots allowed three sacks, while the Dolphins allowed two. While the Dolphins lost a fumble, and the Patriots didn't. Moving on, Saints, Colts. Saints barely edged out the Colts. their um, Car was a bit better than Gardner. Minshew, 1927, 310 yards, 2 touchdowns. Minshew, 23-41, 213 yards, 2 touchdowns, 1 interception. And then Taysom Hill at 9 carries, 63 yards, 2 touchdowns. What is he? Is he a quarterback? Is he a tight end? Is he a receiver? Is he not a running back? Like, this guy can't find a position to stick with. But it's fine because he keeps being, you know, good. Jonathan Taylor, 12 carries, 95 yards. You know, he's being good, unlike Ben Skoranek, who's kind of trying to do the same thing and not being very good. I think he, again, he probably could be a Pro Bowl uh, fullback if he's stuck at it. Ritchie, three catches, 153 yards, one touchdown. Josh Downs, some reception, 72 yards. And then Alvin Kamara. 17 rushes, 59 yards, and touchdown. Alvin Kamara also had four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Also, Raheed Shahid had a 51 yard average. I like to look at that and see who wins the, you know, average battle every week. And also, Andrew Ogletree and Molly Cox. So I Michael Pittman Jr. and Andrew Ogletree had receiving touchdowns. Ogletree's was his only catch, went for 33 yards. Michael Pittman Jr. was one of his eight catches that went for a total of 40 yards. Texans beat the Panthers. I think it's the only, yeah, it's the only matchup of number one picks. Uh, of the top three number one picks in their rookie seasons. Also, a few weeks ago, I talked about palpably unfair act. And the example I said in which it was used was wrong. It was college football, uh, 1953 Sugar Bowl game. It was Alabama against someone we don't really care about. And they awarded a touchdown because the guy came off the bench. Could have been called a legal substitution, but I think it was called correctly. And uh, a touchdown was awarded for palpably unfair act. Anyway, Bryce Young, led a game-winning drive to narrowly edge out the Texans. Uh, Stroud's still better. And he was 16-24 for 140 yards, while Young was 22-31 for 235 yards and touchdown. He was better in this game, but I think Stroud, in total, is much better than Young. Jamie Pierce carries, 46 yards. Noah Brown through receptions, 57 yards. Uh, Chippa Hubbard, tw- 15 carries, 28 yards. And Thielen, 8 receptions, 72 yards. Uh, Stroud also rushed for a touchdown on 2 carries for 13 yards. And Andrew Beck had a single. Uh, had 2 rushes for 1 yards and touchdown with a point five average. I think that's the lowest non-negative number you can have unless was like Three rushes for zero yards. Yeah no just disregard what I said. Young's touchdown was to Tommy Tremble, who was apparently quite scared, but he wasn't scared to score that touchdown. He had two catches for four yards. And that touchdown, of course. The Browns lost to the Seahawks. The Bengals beat the 49ers, who are on a three-game slide. Kyle Shanahan's not good. I'm also going to try to make a Sunday episode about that. Chiefs beat the Broncos, and that's what it should have been, except the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Chiefs fall to 6-2. They're really not that good if they lose to the Broncos. I maintain my opinion that a loss to the Broncos should count as two losses. Ravens beat the Cardinals 31-24. It was a lot closer than I thought it would be, but this would be Josh Dobbs' last game with the Cardinals. Until he might rejoin them, but he is now with the Vikings. Lamar Jackson went 18-27, 157 yards, one touchdown. Pretty muted game. Well, Gus Edwards had 19, 19 carries, 80 yards, and three touchdowns. Dobbs also had... Uh, 208 yards on, 25 completions out of 37 attempts. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. The Chargers beat the Bears as expected. The Lions beat the Raiders as expected. Although, I really am not a fan of that Raiders red zone defense. If they had just forced one more field goal, I would have won in fantasy because I had the Lions kicker. Now, moving on to... Pre- Viction's actually one more game was Thursday. The Steelers beat the Titans. And wonder how Levis did. I mean, he wasn't good. Another 250-plus yard game. 22-39, 262 yards, one interception. I mean, it's not great, but he's a rookie. What do you expect? Against a stout defense, you know... And he threw it to Quan Alexander, so it's like it could have been completely his fault. But he threw it to Quan Alexander, Steelers defense. You know, you can let it slide. It's just the guy's second game. Okay, now moving on to predictions. Sunday, November fifth. I really want to watch this game, but I can't because it's on NFL Network at six thirty. I'm in LA, uh, Pacific Time, six thirty. Germany game, Dolphins at This is one of the stupidest things the NFL did, has done in a long time. This is just unbelievably dumb. It's like, this game belongs on Sunday Night Football, nationally televised, and yet it's not. It's available to people who wake up early and also have NFL Network. This is really angering because, yeah, well, the German... Fans deserve a good game. Like, this is an American sport. America should, be, should get one of the best matchups in a very long time. This is two high-powered offenses, two extremely good teams, fighting for a position in a stacked conference. They're both 6-2. and two. One of these teams will be 7-2 and two after this game. Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, you, you know, Travis, Kelsey, and Mahomes versus Tua and Moster and, you know, Hale and Waddle, these would have been electric. Except, no, because this is just so dumb. I so wish I could watch this game, but I can't. I'm sad about it. And, like, objectively, this is not a good thing. The NFL should have just televised this. Anyway, Toronto Armstead is questionable. So is Bax and Berrios. Zayvon Howard is questionable. Oh, also Jalen Ramsey played last week and got an interception. Yay. Robert Hunt is out. Brandon Jones is out. Nick Needham is questionable. And Yeah. For the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards, is out. Willie Gay Jr. and Richie James are questionable. I really don't know what to expect going into this one. I think it's going to be like... I think it's going to be the highest scoring game of the season. I think it has potential to go into the 50s. I'm going to say it. This could be... Chiefs versus Rams, Monday Night Football 2018. I'm just gonna say it. It could be that. This is going to be an awesome game that I wish I could watch. It's gonna be there's a touchdown and then they answer right back and another touchdown and another touchdown. They can't stop getting touchdowns. Um. Yeah, I'm expecting. Five pass touchdowns from both quarterbacks, and then a rushing touchdown from Mahomes. Two touchdowns from Moster, and then Travis Kelsey four touchdowns. Uh, three. Uh, two touchdowns for Hill, two touchdowns from Waddle. This is just gonna be an insane game that I really want to watch. But I can't. And I think most football fans in America can't. Um, Yeah, that sucks from the NFL. But, you know, at least the people in Germany get a good game. Uh, Yeah, it's... I don't think there are going to be, like, any defensive stops. Like, I think every drive is going to get points. And I predict 55-49... to For the... Stuffins! Yeah! This is like... A super hard decision. But with the Chiefs... You know... Bad loss... To the Broncos... They just... Where they only put up nine points against... That terrible defense... I... I just... I can't see them doing much better... Against... The uh, Dolphins, I mean, like, of course, they're the Chiefs, but this is going to be, I think, the Dolphins game. Dolphins are a bit stronger of a team, and their offense is just insane. Okay, Rams at Packers. I mean, the Packers own the Rams, it's not really a question. Ugh, Cody Durant is questionable. Yay, more questionable people. Rob Havenstein is also questionable. Yay. Ernest Jones is out. Hey, that's a good... I like that guy. He... Ernest Jones is honestly a really good linebacker, and I'm really sad, and I don't like it because I'm a huge Rams fan, and now it's not fun anymore because Ernest Jones is out. Hunter Long is also out. Leroy Merchins is questionable. Matthew Stafford is questionable. Did not participate in practice. Thumb injury... I think it's... I heard, like, sprained UCL. Yeah. So, the Rams have injuries. They're going up against the team that has dominated them. Honestly, I just don't see them winning. And then, Brett Rippon is the backup. If Matthew Stafford, in fact, doesn't play and did not participate in practice is, um... It's big. I don't know if he will be playing or not. It doesn't look great. Rudy Ford and Quay Walker are questionable for the Packers. That's it. What? That's it. Two two players. Oh, by the way, the Quay Walker, I just learned like yesterday, is the only player to be ejected multiple times in a season for pushing a Bills coach. And then pushing an athletic trainer on the field, trying to help an injured player. He deserved both of those. Oh, and the athletic trainer incident was, like, right after the DeMar Hamlin thing. So, like, it's one of those you can't do that things. By the way, I learned it watching a YouTube short from, um, uh... I forgot the name. Uh, that's a good sports guy. Uh, you should probably check out his videos. They're pretty good. His shorts are great. Anyway, I think it's going to be the Packers 24-13. to 13. That's all I have to say about this. Cardinals at Browns for the Cardinals. Chris Brown is questionable. Interesting. Colon is out. Poland. Amari And Murray DeMarcado is out. And then Greg Dortch, Kyler Murray, Kevin Strong, and Michael Wilson are questionable. Kyler Murray did have four participation in practice, so he might play, especially after they traded Josh Dobbs. If they traded Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray probably has a good chance of playing. Um, but I don't really know. Kyler Murray I don't think is will be good after this. And then David Bell's out. DeWard Jones is questionable. Greg Newsom the second, is out. And Alex Wright is out for the uh, Browns, who have a long list of players that don't have any game status. So, I can't really list them all. These are two, like, really bad offenses. And... Okay, defenses. The Browns' defense is actually really good, and you know, Del Pitt's been doing great. Denzel Ward's good, and of course the Miles Garrett guy. And honestly, I just don't know. I just I know it's not gonna be the Cardinals. I think it's gonna be defensive battle. I think it's gonna be thirteen to three for the Browns in like a an absolutely pathetic game. Yeah. Bucks, Texans. I honestly don't know which one's going to win. But I do know there are a lot of injuries for the Buccaneers. Uh, Matt Feller is out. Mike Green is questionable. Logan Hall is out. And then the following players are questionable Christian Izian, Kokeft, Baker Mayfield, Kevon Merriweather. Vita Veya and worfs. although most of those had full participation in practice. The only one who didn't was Izian, who did not participate in practice with an illness. Meanwhile, for the Texans, Brevin Jordan and Damian Pierce are out. That's a lot of a problem. And then Sheldon Rankins is questionable, and Robert Woods is out. Okay, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I honestly don't really have a good idea of it. I mean, the Texans are coming off of a tough loss to a formerly winless team who was 0-6 going into that matchup and is now 1-6. But the Texans have been pretty good. I just don't know if they can beat them. Okay, I'm going for it. CJ Stratus, two touchdowns, and leads a 20-14 to victory for the Texans. And then Bears at Saints. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, Nate Davis, Tremaine Edmonds, and Terrell Smith are out. Uh, Justin Fields is doubtful. And Eddie Jackson and Braxton Jones are questionable. I think I'm just going to trade Justin Fields as out for this one and Bajan as playing. For the Saints, Kondre Miller and Malcolm Roach are questionable. Why is a guy's last name Roach? I will never get it. I hate Roaches so much. Not this guy, yet, but I hate the animal. I hate cockroaches so much. I think they're disgusting. Why is this guy named Roach? Anyway, Ty Summers is out with a concussion and hamstring injury. Both big ouchies. Uh, Hamstring injuries are never good because hamstrings don't like to heal right. Anyway... I just don't think the Bears can slow down Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, and Taysom Hill, and Olave from doing their thing. I think Carr's going to have three touchdown passes. Kamara is going to have a touchdown rush. And Olave's going to have a touchdown catch. And I think it's going to be 35 17 for the Saints because the Bears suck. Seahawks, Ravens, yay, bird teams, bird teams, bird teams. And then you bradford is questionable. Austin Fallou is questionable. Phil Haynes is questionable. Now, Kenny McIntosh is questionable. For the Ravens. Morgan Moses is doubtful. Marks Williams, Der Worley, and Rocky Austin are questionable. Uh, by the way, I'm starting to go insane, so you might hear that it's 10.40 at night right now. I, I usually have very little time between recording and, and posting, so usually, when you hear I recorded this f- a few minutes ago. So, yeah, if I start sounding insane, that's because I am, because it's late, and I want to finish this. But I'm still trying my hardest to provide quality content. Anyway, the Ravens are just an overpowering team against the overrated Seahawks. I mean, the Rams could beat these guys. The Rams could hold these guys to three yards in the second half. And I have preemptively backed this up. Or the Rams have preemptively backed this up for me with their week one destruction of them. I think that 250-plus yards and three touchdowns for uh, Jackson is appropriate. And I think that it's going to be, for Gus Edwards, a two-touchdown day. Uh, And I think they're going to win 38-21 with uh, a touchdown from DK Metcalf, a touchdown from uh, they're running back. Walker, and a touchdown from either Bobo or JSN. So 35-21. Commanders, Patriots. This is one of those games I just don't want to predict, and I wouldn't want to watch it because it's just boring and I have nothing invested in either of these teams. I'm like, it's just not going to be a good game. Percy Butler is questionable. Curtis Samuel and Ricky e. Stromberg are out. Logan Thomas is questionable. For the Patriots, Colin Anderson is out. Question Barmore. Uh, Jawan Bentley. Fair Brown. Trent Brown. wonder if they're related. Uh, Devon Gotchow. Jonathan Jones. Vidarian Lowe. Saquon Thornton, Josh Uche, and Dietrich Wise are questionable, while Devontae Parker and Calvin Anderson are out. Um, so... Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. The Commanders are coming off of a really strong showing. The Patriots are not. I think it's going to be... A slight commander's victory, 24-21, with Sam Howell throwing three touchdowns and an interception. And Mac Jones throwing a touchdown and two interceptions. Vikings, Falcons, and... Um, yeah, Brian Asamoa and Christian Darasaw and Jim Naylor are Questionable. And Dean Laurie is out for the Vikings, for the Falcons, DeMarco Harris, Drake London, and Keith Smith are out. This offense for the Falcons hasn't done much of anything, Uh, while Josh Dobbs is replacing Kirk Cousins for, for the Vikings, and their star receiver is also out. But the Falcons really don't have anything going for them at this part of the season. And I think they're back to starting Taylor Heineke. Yay. And so, I think it's going to be the Vikings. Definitely 28-17. Colts, Panthers. Uh, I think it's going to be the Colts. Uh, but Julius Brantz is out. Josh Downs, Zara Franklin, Blake Freeland, and Rodney Thompson are questionable. Burn Smith is out. For the Panthers, Vaughn Bell is doubtful. DJ Chuck, questionable. Claudine S is, is out. So is Justin Houston. Dante Jackson is questionable. LaVisca Chenault Jr. is out. I'm definitely going Colts on this one. And, honestly, I'm just going to throw up a random score. 28 to 20. I think this is one of those games, you know, you watch in the middle of the day when there's really nothing else to do. And, you know, it's like, if you don't have anything invested, I think it's just a fun game to see who wins. But, moving on. So, I can move on from this episode. Uh... Cowboys uh Eagles for the Cowboys only uh Chamara Adoga and Tyron Smith are injured both are questionable and also by injured I mean have a game status I found that when there's no game status people tend to you know play I don't think there's like a, a like a dedicated in the game already like No game status. I just don't. I just tend not to disclose that. Like when I see a star and it's like, like oh he's on the injury report, full participation practice. No game status. Usually he's gonna play. Okay, for the Eagles, Grant, Cul, Cul is out. Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are questionable. Two big young defensive tackles. Problem if they don't play. Cam Jurgens is out. Asua Apeta is questionable. Bradley Roby is out. Boston Scott is out. On a personal matter, I might add. Jack Storm, Milton Williams are questionable. Um Eagles? Like, okay, the Cowboys dominated the Rams. Big whoop. Uh, I would like to remove that from my memory, of course, but... You know, there's nothing I can really do about it. Really the Eagles are the better team here. They have the better offense, in my opinion. I'm absolutely going Eagles with three Jalen Hurts touch stunts and an interception to De'Ron Bland because, you know, the Cowboys thing. And then Micah Parsons gets a sack, but uh Jalen Hurts escapes a lot. And then I think it's going to be a touchdown for A.J. Brown. But you, you saw effectively the Cowboys shut out, shut down the Rams' main receivers. And a 2 and So, you know, could A.J. Brown pull it out? I think so. And then Devontae Smith also a touchdown. And I think that the Eagles win a pretty contested game 27-24. With a very, like, late field goal. And then Cowboys turned over three times. Or two times. All right. Giants, Raiders. Uh, Deshaun Corbin is questionable. Graham Gano is out. Um, he missed two field goals last week. So, he might be for the best. Evan Neal is questionable. Terod Taylor is out. So they're on like the really last guy. Oopsie. Uh, Andrew Thomas's question: Boldin Waller is out. Um, if you have Saquon, absolutely start him because because every snap's gonna go to him. They don't have Terod Taylor. You know the other guy had like what seven pass attempts? Absolutely, Saquon's gonna get worked this game, so have your eye out for 130-plus yards and a touchdown. Although, look at Max Crosby for two TFLs. For the Raiders, Divine Diablo is a funny name, Divine Devil. Kind of an oxymoron name right there. Jacob Johnson and Luke Masterson and Therman Ford Jr. are out. Robert Spillane is questionable. And I think Agent O'Connell, I think this is his NFL official debut. Two touchdowns. And I think that they're I think that. Who to choose? I think because the, there's no, like, subtlety to the Giants' attack here, I think it's just going to be the Raiders 23-20. Because, like, you know the Giants are just going to hand the ball off. It's like, there's, there's really nothing to it there. It's like, what can they do? They're stuck. Um, The Bills at the Bengals... Uh, for the Bills, A.J. Klein and Baylin Specter are out. They're kind of insignificant to the Bills. For the Bengals, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Joe Mixon, Max, and Max Sharping are questionable. And Josh DePoe is out. I think that... Ooh, this is a DeMar Hamlin rematch. Um, Don't let him get too close to T. Higgins, but... You know, that, was, that shook all of sports, even people who, like, weren't involved in sports. An absolute freak accident. Um, if you really don't know what happened, basically, on a seemingly normal tackle, T. Higgins uh, hit DeMar Hamlin as Hamlin was trying to make a tackle. Hamlin gets up and then falls immediately back down in cardiac arrest. I think CPR was done for a very long time, I think 18 minutes, on the field by an athletic trainer to keep the guy alive. Hamlin was taken to a hospital, the same hospital that treated Tua in week four after it suffered suffered uh, his second concussion in four days. Um where they treated him. It's an, an incredible facility at the University of Cincinnati. Hamlin was cleared to play this year. And in my opinion, is an absolute shoo-in for comeback player of the year despite not playing a lot and not being that good, you know. Um, We still, of course, don't really know what happened, but a big speculation is Commodio Cordes. It's where, you know, there's a big blunt force impact to the heart area just in the right rhythm to compress the heart and it acts like a necessary cpr and causes cardiac arrest you know it's just a miracle that he's fine and alive man and that's why koi walker by the way pushing a personal trainer is in extremely unacceptable like It's never acceptable, but right after a personal trainer saved a guy's life by doing CPR for an extended period of time. Like, that's just extra. And, oh, also, the game ended up being canceled, and we never got to see what would have been a great game. So here we are on Sunday Night Football, because Monday is apparently bad luck. Oh, God, I... Man, this one's going to be fun. I think Bengals are 4-3. and three. Bills are 5-3. and three. You know, Bengals coming off the bye are scary. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? And I'll come back to you with the official ruling. After a further review, the ruling on the field has been decided as the Bengals. Yes, the Bengals post-bye. They are an absolute dominant force. Despite the Bills being very good, they're 4-3. They're 5-3, sorry. The Bengals are 4-3 because they've already had their bye. But coming off the bye, they're scary. And they just took about the 49ers, which isn't that hard to do now, apparently. Uh, Kyle Shannon's a bad coach. Uh, But, you know, the Bills, I think, are very good, but I don't think Josh Allen's very good at protecting the football. I think it's... These records aren't very good, and they're quite surprising for these teams, which were so good last year. But I definitely think... I think that's it's going to be the Bengals in a very close, very good game. I think it's going to be a 24-21 game in... Favor of the Bengals with three touchdowns coming from Mixon, two touchdowns, sorry, Burrow, three touchdowns from Burrow, two touchdowns through the air for um, Allen, and then touchdown on the ground for him. All three of Burrow's touchdowns, I think, will be passing. And, you know, I think that... Smart Chase definitely will get a touchdown. Gabe Davis and Stefan Ziggs will each get a touchdown. And I think it will be like a nail-biter finish with a last-second Evan McPherson field goal. 24-21 Bengals. But this absolutely could go either way, and I will definitely be watching with eyes peeled like a LASIK page patient to watch this game. All right, Chargers, Jets. Why is Monday Night Football so bad? You know, we could have had Dolphins Chiefs here, but actually that would not be fun because I can't miss, I can't watch Monday Night Football because I have other stuff to do. I practice for sports during Monday Night Football every week. So that would actually be, like, it would have hurt a little more than missing the game because it's a Germany game. Well, let's get into it. Chargers, Morgan Fox is questionable, Jalen Guyton is questionable, SJD is questionable, Eric Kendrick is questionable, Kath Murray is questionable, Atito Ogbunia is questionable, Josh Palmer is out. Adrian Amos for the Jets is questionable, Dwayne Brown is out, Alan Lazard is questionable, Charles Surratt is out. Honestly, this could go either way. But these teams aren't good. The Jets have a record edge, and the Chargers just suck so bad. And their coach is so terrible. They, they just need to fire the guy. And then they'll be, like, they just need to get a good coach. And, like, everyone knows that he's bad, except apparently the Chargers' ownership Man, this guy must be, like, coaching for free to still have his job. Anyway, like, the charges by having this terrible coach are ruining, like, the start of Herbert's career. And, I mean, he's still, like, good individually. But this team won't be good until they get rid of Staley. Honestly, these are going to be, I think it's going to be the Jets. Robert Sala absolutely out-coaches Brandon Staley any given Sunday or Monday. And, yeah, this is just going to be an ouch game for the Chargers. And I think, like, this is going to be one of those games where they have those opportunities and don't capitalize. Like, Justin Norbert's going to have two touchdowns, I think. That Brees... Like, this is a terrible defense... And Brandon Steele is supposed to be the defense guy and going for it idiotically on fourth down and failing all the time certainly doesn't help that. Defense. I think that Zach Wilson's gonna have two touchdowns. Brees Hall's gonna have two touchdowns. Um and 28-17 Jets. That is it. I can finally go to sleep. Um Yeah, I really hope you've enjoyed this week's episode i know is a long one and i'm sorry again it's not gambling advice again if you would like to contact me for whatever reason or sponsor this podcast which currently has no sponsors my email is in the description also any takers on that argument just email me and we'll set something up where we can argue about aaron donald being better being a better defensive lineman than bruce smith because i definitely think that and I want to argue with someone. So, also, if you go to school with me, we could just argue on Monday. And that would be great. Um, and then, also, this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, RSS, Community, and Google Podcasts. Links to all those will be in the description. I really hope you've enjoyed this installment of Penalty on the Podcaster. You'll hear more of me next episode.